We're going to look at 1 Peter 5 to 9, and our topic, and we'll be spending a few weeks on this, uh, Satan, Satanism, and Satanism as a religion. Satan, we'll just call this Satan and Satanism, to be keep it short and sweet. Uh, it's I wanted to talk about this for a long time. I've never heard a sermon on this. It's a very important topic because Satan is our chief enemy. He is our chief enemy, and we'll learn about that. And I'm going to read from P uh, Peter, and you'll you'll know why later. I won't discuss this text till toward the end of the, probably the second sermon. <clears throat> I begin at verse five. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him. For he cares for you. And here's our passage. Here's our text, 8 and 9. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. Steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. In the modern era... As secularism or naturalistic atheism has become the dominant worldview of civil governments. They dominate Canada, New Zealand, Australia, all of Europe, all of Russia, the United States, South America. I mean, they completely have dominated the political realm and the other realms, especially among the so-called progressives. It has become domi the dominant world of civil governments, especially progressives, universities, the mainstream media, most large corporations, and the public, or more appropriately called the state school system. You can't teach God, you can't teach Christ, you can't teach Ten Commandments, you can't pray to God, so what do they teach? It's, a, it's, a, it's an official religion of atheism. <clears throat> There's been... All, uh, a as this has happened, there has been also been a great ascendancy of Satanism and the occult among the populace. One of the fastest growing religions in Great Britain and Northern Europe is Wicca, which is nothing more than witchcraft and Satanism. Very popular with the young. This is especially true of the generation that imbibed the 1960s hippie, hedonistic, self-centered, pop culture, anti-Christian uh, traditionalism. Okay, and we have to remember that the mainstream churches, or you could call them the mainline churches, were largely responsible for this worldview shift that took place in the 1960s, in that they rejected the inspiration and authority of the Bible, as well as the triune God, Jesus Christ, and the Gospel, and thus, young people grew up and saw a dead, useless church with no real meaning and ethical, and ethical platitudes without a biblical worldview foundation. So they tell people, grow up, wear a suit and tie, cut your hair, uh, live for your job, live for the corporation, and have a family uh, with two kids and uh, two cars in the garage. But they can't tell you why. They can't tell you anything. The, the foundation is gone. So what did they do? Well, we got the, it started in the 50s, actually, with the beatniks, but we got the hippie revolution. 
precisely during the time when secular humanism was declared to be the end of superstition and religion, as well as the savior of mankind. There was a great rise in the popularity of the mysticism of the East, witchcraft, magic, and the occult, especially among the young. You didn't see people in their 50s doing this. This was people, you know, 12 years old to 30. I was not raised a Christian. And uh, my brother was into Aleister Crowley and the occult. Uh, I was raised Roman Catholic. I, then I got into, I was an atheist for a while, and then I got into Eastern mysticism for quite a while and almost became a monk under Paramahansa Yogananda's group. Uh, they have a monastery down there in Southern California. Um, so it was very popular among the young. The Beatles promoted the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. The Jimi Hendrix film Rainbow Bridge promoted drug use and Paramahansa Yogananda. The guru Swachichananda was the official yogi of the Woodstock Festival in August 1969. They certainly didn't have an evangelical Christian up there praying to Jesus Christ, to God through Jesus Christ before the festival. They had meditation and Eastern mysticism. They wouldn't tolerate a, a Bible-believing minister for five minutes. The magician, Satanist, Aleister Crowley became extremely popular with rock musicians, especially Jimmy Page. And he's the guitar player for the most popular rock group of the 1970s, Led Zeppelin. And there's some good videos on YouTube where they document this. Imagery on his albums, he has satanic, satanic imagery. Uh, he is into Aleister Crowley. He bought his house. He uh, had uh, magic stores and occultic stores in Great Britain. Uh, he's a Satanist. Jimmy Page, the most popular rock group, is a Satanist. I don't know what he is now, but he was. He certainly was. He probably still is. <clears throat> Images of Satanism are found on a number of Led Zeppelin albums. And many heavy metal groups today openly proclaim themselves to be Satanists. Don't believe me? You can go on YouTube and you can find them. There's, there's actually somebody who's put together a, a bunch of clips of uh, popular, we're talking about the heavy slash metal, the, the speed metal, whatever they call it, groups where these people are dedicated, they call themselves, they identify themselves as Satanists. Since the late 1960s, there's been an explosion of publishing on Eastern mysticism, the occult, astrology, witchcraft, magic, and unexplained phenomena. Things like UFOs and Bigfoot. Books such as Autobiography of a Yogi, The Tibetan Book of the Dead, The Secret Life of Plants, The Morning of the Magician, Supernature, Psychic Discoveries Behind the Iron Curtain, and the books uh, of Carlos Castaneda, who was an Indian shaman, and the books were about his uh, living with the Indians and uh, taking large doses of peyote and things like that and having psychedelic mystical experiences and turning into a crow. And I believe I, most of these books you've, that I read, I've, I've read all these. These were super popular in the 1970s. I read all this stuff. I didn't read The Secret Life of Plants, but I read all the other stuff. These things were super popular and they were, you, they could be found on college campuses on, in dorm rooms throughout the United States and Europe. When you turn from the biblical world and life view, you can't replace something. Uh, you can't replace uh, something with nothing. When you put off what is biblical, you're going to put on something that's unbiblical. 
The shift toward the occult and mysticism raises an interesting question. Now we're still, this is all by way of introduction. We're talking about why is it important that we understand Satan and his procedures and what he's trying to do. Why is it important? Well, we ask, why has the rise of mysticism in the occult been the byproduct of the rise of autonomous rationalism and secular humanism? We have always been taught that once the Bible was rejected, superstition, magic, and mysticism would forever be removed from society. And if you go on YouTube and you look at these atheist lecturers, these lying uh, satanic frauds, they still say this. We'll have peace in the world if we have if we all become atheists. Uh, well, did you ask Joseph Stalin about that or Chairman Mao, who murdered millions and millions of people? Well, the answer to this question, <clears throat> but the rise of modern science has produced a great increase in superstition and the mystical arts. Most newspapers throughout the United States have a section on astrology. I don't know if they still do, but they always did. Uh, I mean, throughout the 60s and 70s. An ancient occultic practice, which is satanic and condemned in scripture. And the fastest growing religion in Great Britain and Northern Europe, as I noted, is Wicca, which is a revival of ancient paganism. And there's satanic cults in America, and a lot of these will say, well, we're atheistic, we just, but we believe in this. It's an exaltation of man type of thing, and it flows from secular humanism. Well, the answers to this question are multifaceted and somewhat complex. We're going to look at them. This is all still introduction. And they will be answered in more, much more detail in this study, but by way of introduction, we will note some brief explanations. Number one. Man was created in the image of God and is a intrinsically religious spiritual being. Okay, we're not a meat puppet. We're not a meat machine. We're not uh, like an existen uh, existentialism where you're, you're simply uh, molecules randomly floating in the void and your consciousness is an epiphenomenon. It's, you're, you're basically like a robot or a computer, just a sophisticated computer. Well, that's not true. We're spiritual beings created by God. <clears throat> Adam's fall, original sin, and our inherited innate depravity has perverted man's original desire for God and truth into a desire for human autonomy, which is self-law. I want to do what I want to do. Don't tell me what to do. I want to do my own thing. If I want to go out and be a sodomite, or I want to go out and be transgendered, or I want to be a thief, don't tell me what to do. That's, that's the attitude. And, of course, uh, there's a desire for human autonomy, self-deception, and idolatry. Substitute gods or idols to replace the true and living God. Paul says that men suppress the truth about God and unrighteousness, become futile and foolish in their thinking, and they create false gods in order to reject God and live lifestyles, lifestyles of immorality, Romans 1, 18 and following. Okay, modern atheism. The most, the most consistent modern atheism, atheist is an idolater. 
He says, well, I'm not religious. Yes, you are. Everybody, we're all intrinsically religious. But they don't worship the true and living God. They worship man. Man is the measure of all things. Man is God. Man will determine for himself what is right and wrong. Man will determine for himself if it's okay to, for a, a man to uh, cut off his genitals and put makeup on and pretend he's a woman. God has no say in the matter because we don't believe in God. And that's, that's a worship of man. That's idolatry. The use of science and reason does not change these facts. It only means that paganism will often use more scientific-sounding arguments and terminology. The old paganism, which was very uh, explicitly and clearly pagan and mystical, is now replaced with scientific terminology and modern terminology. Get in touch with yourself. Get in touch with nature. Be self-authentic. Be self-authenticating. This innate religious impulse helps explain why modern movements that supposedly are scientific, such as Marxism, socialism, progressivism, the Demo modern Democratic Party, humanism, the transgendered movement, and the whole homosexual lobby, all have the same cult-like characteristics. They're, they're not scientific. They function as a cult. They really do. And they're not scientific at all. To say that a guy who's somebody who's born a man with male genetics and male genitalia, etc., etc., can be a woman is insane. But that's what we're taught today. True empirical science or repeatable experiments have virtually nothing to do with such movements. You have to understand science is a great thing, but it was science originated among Christians. And the purpose of science was to study things and look at repetition and use experiments to repeat things. And if something happens over and over again, you can make a conclusion about that. But that's not modern science. Modern science is a religion. This whole uh, macroevolutionary theory and all these theories that are not scientific at all, they're not based on the data. The fossil record teaches creationism and does not teach evolution at all, if, if you're honest. And when you look at the complexity of human cells... Uh, not only are they more complex than a nuclear submarine, but they have to produce nuclear submarines. But we're told that happened by chance, that dirt can become living things with enough time. <clears throat> For example, when we're talking about real empirical science, if vitamin C is neglected, people will get scurvy. And then if you give people limes or lemons, you discover that they don't get scurvy when they're on the boats. That's empirical science. But modern science has gone far beyond the scientific method into the area of philosophy and speculative theories. And the most obvious example is, is the commonly accepted theory of macroevolution, where matter, plus a great deal of time, plus chance, equals complex life forms. In other words, all life came from total chance and chaos. And let me tell you something. Life does not and cannot come from non-life. It is impossible. It's a scientific fact that that is impossible. They can't do it in a lab. They've been trying for 100 years to do it in a lab. They can't do it. It's a complete myth, and it's accepted by faith. Modern, modern science, which is hostile to Christianity and the Bible, is a religion. Now, the idea is that man arose from below in a mythological, animal, primitive, evolutionary past. 
Consequently, primitivism in the arts, psychology, and culture became something popular. Okay, the rise of modern art. And for example, think of Picasso. Think of the, the revival in the, the, the 40s and the 50s, this, this primitive art where they tried to reproduce the art of the pagans in Africa and so forth. It was viewed as virtuous, spontaneous, giving vitality. What was natural was viewed as the good. Man and his cities and Christian civilization was viewed as a perversion. And there's actually books that promote this. I had to study this when I was in high school. These theories. The primitive, which is supposedly the natural, is the good. Of course, they ignore the fall. There's not an evolution of man from the primitive to the modern. There's a devolution of man. Men were inventing things and had music and agriculture right off the bat and complex language right off the bat. They devolved into these tribes with spears running around naked uh, with their paganism. The Christian view is that man was created good and upright, but he fell into sin and perversion. The primitive with its paganism, witchcraft, nature worship, and shamanism according to the Bible, was a perversion, a downward ethical and social trend toward chaos and immorality. You think of Jim Morrison, for example. Jim Morrison reject, explicitly rejected Christianity. He dated a witch, supposedly married her, uh, and um, considered himself like a shaman. And his antics on stage, the chaos the power from below, that's all shamanism, and that's what he was in touch with. And that's very popular. But modern science places man's origin and heritage in chaos. Chaos. The source of power and creativity comes from below. And thus this comports not only with the rise of modern art, where reality is deliberately distorted, but also the rise of nature religions, magic, chaos festivals, witchcraft, Satanism. There's that uh, big festival, I think they have it in Nevada, I forgot what they call it, every year, where they build a giant man out of wood. Yeah, the Burning Man Festival. Well, in, in the Celtic religion, that comes from Celt the Celtic paganism. In the Celtic religion, they build this giant wooden edifice, and they jam it full of people that were alive, and they would burn them to death alive to revitalize nature and their gods. It's total paganism. And so, so is things like, uh, what's that festival in Louisiana? Mardi Gras? These, these festivals, they're chaos festivals. And the idea of paganism is, by tapping into the chaos from below, you revitalize your life and you have better enjoyment and, and they tap it in with uh, fertility and all these other things. If we look at rock music, for example, it became the norm to deliberately shock and shun social conventions for ethical and social rebellion is associated with youth, vitality, and excitement. Now, Elvis didn't, Elvis's weird dancing came from his pastor, believe it or not. He didn't do that to shock people. Um, and the Beatles in the early days, with their silly little love songs, were not out to be... Uh, deliberately out to shock people and, and, and show people how they were tapping into the dark forces from below. But that's what rock became because it became this thing of rebellion. It got tied to rebellion, youth rebellion. And the idea is, is you get power from below. 
from the cosmic evolutionary past, from the dark forces underneath. Power comes from below, from an irrational mystical chaos. Now think about that next time you see the Mardi Gras festival. And then number three, the secular humanistic worldview that comes from a, a perversion of modern science <clears throat> also leads directly to the idea that in a chance universe with no fixed created meaning, man as the highest life form, the pinnacle of evolution, determines meaning for himself. And that makes sense logically. They don't believe there's a God. They believe the universe came about purely by chance. Man exists purely by chance. We're meat puppets. We're, we're made out of meat, but we're essentially just cause complex machines. There is no real meaning. Your consciousness is an epiphenomenon uh, like a computer. You're, it, it's not a real consciousness. You don't have a real soul. You, when you die, you die as a dog and you disappear forever. Your life has no real meaning or lasting significance other than perhaps uh, the memories of you beyond the grave. However, all of that becomes completely insignificant when you believe that the earth will be swallowed by a supernova and it will be as though you never even existed. That's what secular humanism teaches. This is the very essence of Satanism. Truth and ethics is not something from God that is objective to man and unchanging. Man is his own God and determines for himself what is good and what is evil. And we'll look at that. We're going to look at Genesis 3 later. For the Satanist, true liberty involves self-definition, autonomous ethics, that is, ethics that you determine completely apart from any outside revelation from God, and reality is what man says it is. The supreme egoism, subjectivism, and antinomianism, anti-lawism, was often more subtle in the early stages of humanism, because they were still functioning in a somewhat Christian culture, but now has shifted to full-blown madness. You say, how in the world can these people say, I don't know what a woman is. You might be a woman. You're born a man, but you really might be a woman. It's up to you to decide. Or you were born a woman. You, you, know, you're, you, you don't know what you are. Now, they don't apply that and say, well, you might be a crocodile. They don't apply that and say you might be a, a, a gerbil. They don't, you might be a chicken. They don't do that, which would be consistent. But they do it because people want to satisfy their sexual perversions. And this is all based on sexual perversion and chaos. Man can be woman. We're told that men can get pregnant. Normal heterosexual marital sexuality is regarded as sterile, boring, old-fashioned, inhibited. And the sexual perversion, whoredom, fornication, and sodomy is exalted. Yes, it is exalted. We have parades where sodomites wave their signs and we're proud of sodomy and fisting and gerbil asphyxiation. We're proud of that. Don't you? Th it, doesn't that uh, seem a little insane to you? True power. And the sexual realm comes from below, from spitting in the face of God, from trampling his holy law underfoot. The magician and Satanist, Aleister Crowley, forced his disciples, and this is true. There's a really good documentary on his life. On, you can see it on YouTube. Probably an old PBS documentary. He forced his disciples to have sex orgies. 
into drug addiction to take heroin and cocaine and things. And they even, he forced his disciples to participate in bestiality in order to tap into the dark forces. Their acts were so perverted and disgusting, they were kicked out of Italy when the authorities found out what was going on up at the house up on the hill. They were kicked out of Italy. Today they would probably be praised. They believed in power from below. For the Democrat and the progressive, infanticide, that's murdering babies, the slaughter of children in the name of hedonism, selfishness, self-exaltation, egoism, is a sacrament. We talk about Molech worship and the sacrificing of children, which was predominant throughout the Canaanite empires. It was prominent throughout the whole Middle East. It was prominent in uh, what was you know, called then Carthage. It was prominent, and there's proof of this. Well, it's done today on a much wider scale than it was done back then. Child sacrifice in the name of their religion, which is self-worship and hedonism, the worship of man. There's a lady running in Georgia right now, Stacy Abrahams, what is that her name, Abramson? And uh, she says that oh, abortion, being able to murder your child, well, she doesn't put it this way, but is an economic issue. If you can't murder your child, you might have, and you have to have a baby, uh, you might have more bills. So it's okay, and people think that's a good argument. And that's used politically. That's insane. Joris Carl Humesmans writes this, quote, and he's not a Christian, this is a secular guy analyzing society. It is precisely at the man moment when positivism, positivism is the idea that man makes his own law. It's purely arbitrary. Whatever man says is right. Whoever has the votes determines the laws. That's why the left wants the Supreme Court so bad. When positivism is at its high watermark, that mysticism stirs into life and the follies of occultism begin. End of quote. Those who cast off the true God, Jesus Christ, and the true truth embrace the great lie. And they support their lies with weaponized ignorance, hatred, intolerance, propaganda, and persecution or political coercion. And you know this. You know history. First it was, uh, there's these homosexuals, these sodomites. And look, let them do whatever they want to do. They're not really hurting anybody. The rectum might be sore for a couple days, but it's no big deal. It's not hurting you. Let them do what they want. They're not going to bother you. And so people said, oh, okay, go ahead, be a sodomite. Be publicly a sodomite. We don't care. And then it was... uh, we're sodomites, and you better accept it as a moral behavior. And if you don't accept it as a moral behavior, you deserve to be persecuted. And then it became, uh, we can't even define what a man or a woman is, and if you don't accept our sexual perversions, we're going to put you in jail. If the Democrats ever gain power in this country, and I'm talking about the modern Democratic Party as it is right now, the so-called progressives, uh, they want to have laws to force churches to accept homosexuals and not discipline them for their behavior, which is the end of freedom of religion in our nation totally. Because that is one of the most disgusting acts. It is, it is one of the most condemned acts. You know, bestiality and murder 
it's right up there with bestiality and murder is one of the most abominable acts in the Bible. And if we have to accept that as Christians, and it's obviously unnatural, it's an exit, not an entrance. It's a, it's a disposal system. It's not a sexual organ. Uh, if we have to accept that as Christians, uh, well, I'll be in jail because I'm not going to compromise. You're not going to compromise. You know, it's, it's sad. Today, unbelievers and haters of God have returned like a dog to its vomit or like a pig to wallowing in the mire. Men have tried vigorously to push Yahweh, the true and living God, out of the picture for two and a half centuries. And in the process, they've embraced Satan, Satanism, darkness, and death. And thus we see that this topic is very relevant and very necessary. The 20th century, which is the, set, the century when secularism became accepted in society, politically, all over, all over, well, Russia, Europe, United States, all over, was the bloodiest, deadliest century in history. Because so-called modern science is not scientific at all. It's not empirical science. It's a religion. The religion of the worship of man. And if you have to murder, like Stalin has to murder 20 million people to make society better for their concept of man, so be it. They don't have souls anyway. They just die. Once they die, they didn't even know they were alive. So what's the harm in killing 20 million people? Or Chairman Mao, what's the harm in killing 60 million people? Now, as we continue our study, there are five things that we need to know about Satan and how to wage war against him. Number uh, one, his fall from his original estate. Satan was created a good angel, a good being, the head of the angels. Number two, his nature and character. Number three, his tactic and plans. Number four, his defeat by Christ at the cross. Yes, he, he is a defeated being. And then number five, the biblical methodology for fighting against him and his minions. And of course, we'll, as we discuss these topics, we'll be bringing in things against Satan as we talk. But then we'll make a, a final point out of that for application. He's our great enemy, and we're we pray against the evil one in the Lord's Prayer, which you should say at least once or twice a day, you know, or at least a summary of it, you know, or, 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 or use it as a pattern. As Christians, we are in a war against principalities. This is Ephesians 6.12. This is Paul. And these are, these are designations of demonic. The demonic hordes have a level. <clears throat> the demonic hordes have a... Have a uh, like a military level. Like we have, you know, your admiral generals and you have your colonels, you you know, lieutenants, sergeant, private. Well, the demonic hosts have different levels of authority. And I think what happened was is that God created the angels that way because we know we know that there are archangels and then we know that there are angels under the archangels. And then when the the, the demons fell, when the the good the good angels fell and became demons, they retained that hierarchy. And Paul is indicating that in Ephesians here. We're in a war against, and here's Paul, quote, against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Paul makes it clear that there are demonic spiritual operators behind all the evil leaders and movements in this world. They are the rulers of the lies, evil, and darkness in this world. They reign over and perpetuate the existing state of ignorance, suppression, alienation, and hatred of God among the nations. 
They are purveyors of heresy, apostasy, war, racism, murder, abortion, socialism, and atheistic humanism in our nation. They are very active in the White House, the Congress, and the Supreme Court with one major goal, to crush Christ's kingdom, to persecute his people and destroy the church, either through political coercion or inner decay and apostasy. And we need to know these truths and then apply them to our lives. The Democrats ever gain the Supreme Court totally and have complete power like they do in places like California and they can implement their thing over the whole nation. You're going to have a choice. You can, And this happened in the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union didn't get rid of the church. They just made the church an arm of the state. And you had to submit to the state and teach statism. And, and Hitler did this as well. To the, church, to the church. Now, there were Lutherans who resisted them who ended up in prison camps, and a lot of them got killed. But what the state will do is, you can be a modernist Christian, a liberal Christian, and believe in abortion and believe in sodomite rights and have uh, sodomite pastors and lesbian pastors. You can do that. You can reject biblical law and worship the state, and we'll leave you alone. But if you're a Bible-believing Christian, and you teach biblical law, and you teach biblical ethics... You're going to go to jail. And in Europe and in places, Canada, uh, people who preach against homosexuality are already being arrested. They're being locked up and they're being fined. There is no neutrality. We're at war. Now we're going to take a little break and we're going to come back and we're going to look at Satan's nature and character. And uh, this is very important stuff. I know that was a long introduction. Satan is real. He's very active. Yes, he's been defeated by Christ definitively at the cross, and in a sense he's been restrained so that he can no longer deceive the nations as he once did, Revelation 20, verse 3 and following. That's true. Yes, that's true. But he's still very active. And Christians in America have to wake up. The Democratic Party, now the Republican Party is, is bad, but it's way better than the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party is self-consciously satanic. They hate the law of God. And if you vote for a Democrat and you're a professing Christian, you should be disciplined by your church because you would be voting for more satanic power in our culture and society. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that you've revealed these things to us. Strengthen our faith in your word. Cause us to believe it. Help us to apply it to our lives. Help us to die daily and serve your son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.